0: This is DWMOD. As always, I'm your host, Mikey Wilson. Stay with me now. Touchdown! Ready. Hey, the pistons are scrappy, but it's quickly looking like we got all our balls in that lottery bag. Don't! Hey, it's 2023, and they still haven't put Sweet Lou Whitaker in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Not get off. Ready lions fans drinking that kool-aid super bowl hey disagree with me or don't that's how it works for everybody that was laughing at dan campbell he has delivered everything that he has promised and now the nfl world is bathing in the grit and drinking the kool-aid of the detroit lions the man is the coach of the year Everybody's up in arms about a college football playoff expansion. Make it 8, make it 10, make it 16. It doesn't matter. In five years, the two super conferences known as the SEC and the B1G will have their own individual playoffs, and those two teams will meet in the college Super Bowl. Bet on it. Hey, disagree with me or don't. That's how it works. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of DWMOD. That's disagree with me or don't. I'm your host, Mikey Wilson, as always. Now, I know we've been plugging forward every week with the All Right Bet Show going with Andy St. Clair, and that has been great. But we got to jump in here with a little solo episode, get back to our roots here, because we got some stuff we need to discuss, guys. Um, We got to jump in on this Michigan so-called sign-stealing scandal. Now, I say so-called sign-stealing scandal, guys, because, uh, listen, how are you stealing something that somebody's doing out in public? I mean, they're doing it out in public, man. They're doing the signs right there on the sideline. Let's just, before we even get going on this, we all know what the situation is here, okay? And we're going to dive into all of it right now. But first and foremost, let's talk a little bit about sign-stealing. And let's talk a little bit about what Stallion's was doing. Okay. First of all, first of all, when you're listening to people talk about the subject, listen to the people who know. Listen to the people who have had lifelong careers in football. And I don't mean just the players who are on TV, because the players on TV are all saying the same thing that this is ridiculous. I mean you you even have Maurice Clorette from Ohio State going, we're talking about sign stealing? Come on, this this is stupid. Like everybody's doing this. It's not sign stealing. You're decoding the signs that people are doing every single week to try to figure them out. I mean, it's guys in the front office. You got guys like Lewis Riddick who you know how mild-mannered Lewis Riddick is. I mean, you know, he's a guy that's straight to the point Be direct, tell you what he's thinking Never gets too high, never gets too low They bring this up to him on get up And he immediately scrunches up his face And gets irritated And he says, quote, going back to the early 2000s When I was still involved in personnel in the NFL When I was in the front office Sign stealing was a normal part of protocol You had to be doing it I mean, people need to stop getting up in arms about this It's ridiculous, come on man Just stop That's Lewis Riddick that's a guy in the front office at the NFL saying, what are we talking about now? Yeah, this is a bunch of media hoopla blown up by a bunch of people who, I heard another, I can't remember who it was, but, but another former player said, listen, anybody that comes to me and is distraught about another team figuring out another team's signals and signs during the game and using those during the game, you're telling on yourself. If you're really worked up about that, you're telling on yourself that you don't know a damn thing about football. You just don't. That's normal protocol. That stuff's on film every single week to be looked at and to be seen, and you better damn well know what those signs are going into the game. You better. Now, let's talk about what Connor Stallions was doing because I know you're going to say, yeah, but this is another level. He's sitting in his stands. He's recording. I'm not going to disagree with any of you guys on that. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. That is taking it to another level. That is a whole nother thing. And it's a whole nother thing that's completely ignorant, guys. Just stop and think about it for a minute. Let's just pretend we're in the room when Stallions brings this master plan to Harbaugh. And he says to Jim Harbaugh, the head coach of the Michigan Wolverine two-time Big Ten champions last two years have blasted Ohio State. He goes in there to tell him. Before they do those things, fine. You want to make that argument that this started right when they started to beat them. We're going to get to that ridiculous point in a minute. But let's say he goes in there and he says to Jim Harbaugh, I've got a great idea. Here's what I want to do. First of all, I'm so low on the staff. I'm not sure if you know my name, but please, uh, my name is, is is Coach Stallions or whatever, Coach. That's, that's who I am. Um, I'm an assistant to the assistants here. Here's my plan. I want to get some third-party people who, you don't know them, I'll just vouch for their football knowledge coach. You don't need to know anything about them at this major program. I'm going to have them go to games. I'm going to have them record, and I'm going to go to a couple, and I'm going to record. And we're going to decipher all these signs, and then during the game, I'll run up to you, and I'll tell you exactly what the signs are and what plays they're about to run and stuff. And then in the moment, in a Big Ten matchup or a top, 10 matchup, whoever we're playing, coach, you will just in that 25 second play playcock, listen to me and just go with whatever I tell you. And we'll start winning a bunch of games. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous because Jim Harbaugh would first be like, uh, who are you? No, we're not doing that. And you know why we're not doing that, Mr. Stallions? We don't need to, I've already got the film. We have all the film we need of the signals that they're doing, i mean it's it's on tv every week my man i don't need you to go do all that crazy shit and get us in trouble that's stupid so y- you need to take your team caps off here and put on your conference cap for a minute and see how bad this is for the big 10 i understand sparty fans and other big 10 fans and especially buckeye fans you want to be completely irritated about this and you want to scream to the high heavens that they were cheating but just stop and think for a minute clearly Clearly, Harbaugh and the rest of the staff had no idea what this goofball was doing, and he was acting on his own, okay? First of all, that's, that's cut and dry. You have to be able to realize that. Second of all, everybody who's up in arms about sign stealing, even dis- deciphering those codes and signals and signs, figuring out which of the three guys is signaling it in, knowing the play, recognizing the play at that moment, it's only beneficial to the defense really okay it, it, it's not it's not beneficial to you offensively because when they're signaling in their defense they're just getting into a base they're getting prepared for the situation based on down and distance and then they're going to react to your formations before they start getting into anything else at, at that point it's not helping your offense okay so if you're iowa let's say uh, maybe sign stealing is really big for you because it's going to be a low scoring game. You're not going to score a lot of points on offense and you just need to shut them down. But if you're scoring 50 points a game and blowing people out, you're not stealing defensive signals, guys. You're not lining up on offense and waiting to look over to the sideline and going, Oh, They're running a blitz. Now we know what play to do because as soon as you line up in the formation, they're adjusting, they're moving, they're hiding coverages. It just doesn't work that way. You don't know what you're talking about. The only way this can be beneficial to you at all is if you're stealing – not stealing – if you know the play they're about to run on offense before they run it. But then again, I'm going to defer to guys like Deion Sanders who are going, man – you bet. I don't matter if you know what's coming. You still got to stop it. You still got to stop it. And I've I, all these guys on I, I, the morning shows, just listen to them all, especially the linemen, Jeff Saturday, Swagoo. Listen to these guys, man. When they tell you, we've had games where we lined up and told them, hey, man, we're about to run the ball right here. Dare you to stop it. It's It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous on so many levels. So let's move on from that with the base of knowledge on that and move forward with the rest of this fiasco. Now, we all know that the Big Ten commissioner, Petiti, suspended Jim Harbaugh before the Penn State game, literally while they're in there. And for purposes moving forward, let's just call him Panini because we need to understand he's just been pressed on this thing the whole way. The only reason he's acted on any of this is because he has been pressed by social media this is just and beyond social media the pressure from the coaches this thing has been so modern day that you can't even believe it and Desmond Howard nails it every time when he says a groundswell of emotion has forced action here and that's why you have due process guys is so that a groundswell of emotion doesn't dictate punishments That's why you have investigations and due process so that emotion isn't handing out punishment. Now, before we go any further, you need to understand whether they end up being able to tie this to Harbaugh or not, which they've already said they don't have any evidence linking him to any of this yet, whether, whether they're guilty of this or not needs to be found out through due process and investigation. You can't just set the precedent here that the Big Ten... Is just going to – listen, you can't set the precedent that you're just going to start handing down punishment whenever you want like you're Roger Goodell in the NFL. Because guess what, guys? The Big Ten, if you haven't been paying attention, is in an arms race with the SEC right now. We are in an arms race with the SEC as college football conferences are realigning. So this is the worst possible time for you to set the precedent and the tone throughout college football that the commissioner in our conference – will supersede any NCAA investigation or process of any kind, and whenever he feels the need, will hand down whatever punishment he wants. And let's be clear, when he handed down this punishment and suspended Jim Harbaugh before this game, it says right in his own statement, we have no evidence, and the NCAA has no evidence at this time linking Jim Harbaugh to any of this. So you've got nothing, and you're handing out a punishment. This is extremely bad, extremely bad for the conference. Now, you're going to hear people like Stephen A. Smith uh, on TV talking out the side of his mouth about how this is. This should be, he should be suspended. There should be an immediate punishment and he, whatever about punishing the players. Understand one thing. Stephen A. Smith is a caricature he's he's a he's a character on tv that has takes that are supposed to be hot take to instigate you to think other things uh, you know him and and paul feinbaum listen Paul Feinbaum, we'll just call him Paul Fineprint for the rest of the time here because anytime he speaks, there should be fine print at the bottom of the screen that says, this opinion is bought and paid for by the SEC. I mean, Paul Feinbaum is a guy that has been uh, Alabama and Nick Saban are the greatest thing since sliced bread. Nobody's better. They're the greatest of all time. And then as soon as they start falling off of his Georgia, he's big on Georgia. He's been nothing but You ever listen to his show? He does nothing but tear down the Big Ten because why? Not because he doesn't like the Big Ten, but because they understand they're in an arms race with the Big Ten right now. So he needs to be talking down about them all the time. And the ridiculous points... That Paul Feinbaum has brought out. Uh, He's the one that puts up this stupid uh, graphic all the time about, well, if you just look at when Michigan really started getting good, it's right around the time that they were stealing all the signs. I mean, this is a guy that never played a lick of anything in his life. So, again, telling on himself what he doesn't know about what's going on on the field, number one. Number two, His point that Michigan couldn't beat Ohio State and wasn't doing well against Ohio State since Jim Harbaugh got there, but then in the last two years, they blew him out. Well, that's not a coincidence. You know what? It's not a coincidence. They didn't have the guys. They weren't good enough, and they weren't beating them. And that's why I love it when Desmond Howard goes on the air and tells Stephen A. Smith, Listen, let me break this down for you because you don't really understand it, okay? Here's the reason why in the last two years maybe Michigan b- blows out Ohio State and wins those games, okay? Um, let's talk about, what, 13, 15 NFL draft picks in the last two years, bunch of them in the first and second round. They finally got the guys. He's finally got a five-star quarterback playing like a five-star quarterback. But furthermore, let's take Paul Fineprint's statements about the Michigan uh, blowing Ohio State out the last two years because they had the signals. Those those scores at halftime. In case you missed this, Desmond pointed out very articulately, the score at halftime two years ago was fourteen to thirteen. Michigan was winning. They end up winning the game forty-five to twenty something, right? Then the following year, the score at halftime is twenty to seventeen. Ohio State. Michigan blows them out in the second half. So did they not have the signals in the first half or what was going on there? Then Desmond tells you, I'll tell you what's going on there. Jim Harbaugh brings in NFL defensive coordinators each of the last two years. The major difference in NFL football and everybody up on those panels will tell you that played is being able to make in-game adjustments, halftime adjustments. And each one of those games, defensive adjustments were made that stifled and stopped Ohio State, and Michigan scored and scored and scored. And as I pointed out before, on offense, you're not getting the defensive play and then running the perfect offensive play. They're adjusting to you constantly on defense. All right? So Desmond pointed all that out, and then Stephen A went, oh, man, let me back up. Let me back up because you just dropped a lot of football knowledge on me that I didn't know, and kudos to Stephen A. And he said, I got to back off of this right now because everything you just said, Desmond Howard, I didn't know. So let me back off this because you need to be making that argument a little bit louder. That helps Michigan immensely because it's the truth. But guys like Paul Feinbaum, guys, his show, Paul Feinprint's show is to push the SEC. It's not about facts. It's about entertainment, okay? You could take him for what he's worth just in this last week when he, like three days ago, he just made the statement that, uh, let's give credit to Panini for standing up to the mob. He's going to go down in history as having done the right thing, suspending Jim Harbaugh for the rest of this season. And he stood up to a mob and handed down that. He didn't stand up to a mob. The mob made him hand down that judgment without any facts. All these coaches in the Big Ten, which was disgusting, uh, aligned right up and ran to the commissioner and demanded something be done. These other universes demanded. Social media demanded. Buckeyes and Sparties demanded. Everybody, the mob forced him to make this statement. So there you go. There's, there's what Feinbaum does. He he he's gonna make a statement like that. And I feel like I'm watching like Fox News or MSNBC or like you listen to him say stuff and you're like, that's a Garbage ass cherry pick statement, man. So anyway, take that stuff with a grain of salt, but let's get down to brass tacks here and break this thing down a little more than just my passion on the subject. Okay. Now, first of all, anybody that knows me personally or if you've listened to this show enough over the last three to four years, five years, you know I'm a conference guy. I'm a Big Ten guy. Okay. I'm not I'm not some diehard Michigan lackey. Do I like Michigan? Yes, I do. I like Michigan. I also was a big fan of Michigan State teams when D'Antonio was up there. Loved the way they played. They were tough. I root for them like crazy. I root for Ohio State when they go to bowl games, playoffs, national championships. Uh, Anytime they make the college football players, I'm rooting for Ohio State as well. I'm a conference guy. And I wish everybody else could just take off their little team hats right now and put on the conference hat and see how bad this is. Now let's break it down. Now this whole chain of events of beef with the NCAA starts during the COVID period. When they, after the COVID period, they decide to investigate Jim Harbaugh for they changed a bunch of rules. You need to understand this. They changed a bunch of rules during COVID time as to who and why and when you could contact guys and blah, blah, blah. This is the hamburger thing, guys, right? Like all they, you got busted for buying a kid a hamburger, right? This is where it all started because prior to that, Jim Harbaugh was very outspoken against this NIL thing they wanted to do like a lot of other coaches were, but here's the big difference. He didn't come out and say this isn't going to be good for college football and the Wild Wild West and all that. Jim Harbaugh, look it up. He's one of the only coaches that put the NCAA on notice as to, I'm not really sure what we're going to need them for any longer. But anyway, he really put him on notice when he said money. He started talking money in his public statements, and he said, it's embarrassing the billions of dollars that college football makes, and you can't give these kids any of that money. You can't give any of that money to the kids that are putting that product on the field. You're going to turn it over to NIL and let everybody else pay these kids. You can't share any of those billions of profits. It's ridiculous. They didn't like that at all. They did not like that at all, and that's where this all started. So then they jump on him for a violation during COVID of talking to a kid. And I think he bought a hamburger or something for a kid during a period where you're not allowed to be talking with the kids. Whatever that situation was. The NCAA starts an investigation on it like last year. They want to go to Harbaugh and they're demanding cooperation from Harbaugh and the university, which we can only speculate means they want emails and cell phones and all kind of they want to get deep into this thing. Harbaugh tells them go fuck themselves. I mean, he literally is like, we're talking about a hamburger here, a metaphorical hamburger here. And at first, they're willing to help the NCAA up. And then they get to a point where the NCAA starts pressing and getting crazy about this thing. And Harbaugh tells him, fuck off. I'm not going to cooperate with you. All right. I'm not interested in doing this shit anymore. You turned everything over to the wild, wild west. We got car dealerships handing out millions of dollars to the kids openly now to get them to go play at schools like Texas A&M and stuff. And you're going to come at S about a hamburger right now. Piss up a rope and get out of my fucking office. And that's fine. And that's fine. And that's what he did. Well, that caused a problem because the university worked out a deal with the NCAA that there would be a four game imposed suspension on him to start the season. And this investigation would go away. Well, once he did all that, they said, no, we're taking it further. And the rules committee is going to get involved here. To be specific, it's the Committee on Infractions, and they intervened and trumped everybody else and said, no, we'll pick this thing up, and we're going to continue to investigate it. So the school imposed a three-game suspension, and the NCAA said, we don't care, we're still looking into this thing, and we're looking further into it. Now, let's fast forward to this season, in the middle of the season, where these accusations come out about Connor Stallions and the sideline and the recording. Listen, he's on video on that Central Michigan sideline. I'm not denying that. They have some other footage, apparently, that's him in other stadiums sitting there, uh, little lights coming on in his glasses and stuff and whatever. Like I said, pointless. All that video is already out there. It's pointless what he was even trying to do, it was ignorant, trying to impress somebody. Who knows? But not the point. The point is, all this comes out conveniently right in the middle of the season, and we still don't know where it came from. They still have not released. No one has said boo about where all this came from. Now I know your point is going to be doesn't matter where it came from that's fine but it's very it's very conveniently timed up as to when it's released We also know that a lot of coaches, uh, this is I don't this is I've never seen anything like this in a conference where anything happens with the coaches. Coaches usually will stick together; they'll usually be hey, no comment on this, no comment on that. In this situation, more than a few coaches in the league, they immediately get together and start pressuring their ads and pressuring Panini to go ahead and have immediate action. Like they're screaming for immediate action here, and nobody even knows the facts of any of it yet that i found that very strange now normally in any case like this this is the protocol that has to be gone through by the ncaa and usually conferences and conference commissioners stay out of it and let the ncaa act now normally the standard operating procedure here would be that the school would be given a notice of allegations an noa about the case that would be the first thing that they would do to michigan All right. That's the official document that the NCAA, you know, will detail the specific wrongdoings that the enforcement staff uncovered, things like that. Okay. at this point, Michigan still hasn't been given that. They've only been given a notice of inquiry. Okay. that precedes this notice of allegations. They haven't even received that yet. Now, normally, once you've received that notice of of, um, allegations, you have 90 days to respond to that. After that 90 days when you respond, then the NCAA has 60 days to respond to yours. This is called due process. This is the investigation, guys. This should take a long time. But in this case, the NCAA is forming them. They're going to fast-track this process for unprecedented reasons that this hasn't happened before. They're going to fast-track this process, but they've still not given this NOA to the University of Michigan yet. Now, I'm going to circle back on the NCAA and some prior cases that were very similar to this and what they did with that. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But now let's talk about Friday. Friday, they decide, well, Panini decides he's going to suspend Jim Harbaugh. And in the same statement, he suspends him going to say, but we don't have any evidence linking him to any of this yet. We just feel we need to do this. That could have been done earlier in the week, man. They they got a response from the University of Michigan on Wednesday, they, and if they were prepared to do this, they could have did it Wednesday. They could have did it Thursday, but no. As Mike Greenberg pointed out, with, with his vast knowledge of you know years of journalism, they did the oldest trick in the book, man. They wait until Friday at four o'clock because they think that gets buried in the cycle, and then it'll be by Monday, everybody will have forgotten about it and not talk about it. Are you stupid? You think nobody's going to be talking about this? You think you were going to bury this on a Friday news cycle? You weren't. I mean, that was completely irresponsible. If you were going to do it, fine. Then do it Wednesday or Thursday. No, you wait until the plane's in the air. And these kids are finding out as they're getting Wi-Fi and landing. And the team's finding out as they're landing in Penn State that he's going to be suspended. You wait until they land in Happy Valley for them to get the notification that he's suspended. That was ignorant. It was the stupidest, most irresponsible thing I could even think of. And again, I don't know what kind of precedent he's trying to set that the Big Ten is going to do this. And that. We are in an arms race with the SEC right now, and you have just, I mean, this set us back. I don't even know how far moving forward. And as Desmond Howard said to Paul Fineprint on ESPN, he told him, Would this be happening in the SEC, Paul? You got a real big mouth right now about what should be happening in the Big Ten and how quickly they should be handing down punishments. Uh, Would this be happening in the SEC right now? Would anybody be coming forward to suspend Nick Saban in Alabama in the middle of their national championship runs in the middle of a season because a couple other teams got mad that they got their ass beat? Like if Vanderbilt and Kentucky and, and a couple other schools Florida got together and demanded that Nick Saban be suspended, would he be suspended? No. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. Would Kirby Smart and Georgia be spent? No, he wouldn't. And another point Desmond made, who Who are the two biggest beneficiaries beneficiaries of this financially right now? Number one, it's Fox because they've got the rights to the Michigan-Ohio State game this year, and there's going to be more people tuned into that game this year than ever have been before. People who never cared and weren't watched are going to watch this year, and they're going to mop up. And number two, it's the SEC because you get paid 12 million dollars for every team you get into the playoff and if they can run Michigan into the ground and the Michigan should happen to beat Ohio State and you can or don't beat Ohio State or whatever you could get two teams in now from the SEC. So yeah, the SEC has everything to gain from this. This should have been status quo. The NCAA is doing their investigation. We're going to let due process take its course, and the season will play out the way it plays out, and there will be suspensions handed down if we find that there's a need for suspensions to be handed down when the NCAA is done with their investigation. But no, Panini decided he's just going to hand out punishments. It's absurd. Now, let's double back on what I was telling you before about we've had a case like this before in the NCAA very recently and let's see what happened there does everybody remember the uh, wakey leaks do you remember the wake forest incident from a few years back if you remember back in 2014 coach clausen took over the wake forest program now here's what happened if you remember this here's what happened when he went in cleaned house brought in all his own guys there was a guy on the old staff named elrod coach worked with quarterback stuff grew up in the area had played at wake forest I mean, he's Wake Forest through and through. He didn't keep him on the staff. But Elrod's like, okay, that's fine. I'm not moving. I love it here. I'm Wake Forest, ride or die. I'm going to stay here, and I'm just going to go up in the booth and start calling the games for the university. I just want to stay around the school. So Elrod stays, and that's what he does. And now it's probably all starting to come back to you. Remember, this guy was selling the playbook. Well, not selling. I don't know if he got paid. Was handing out the playbook to Wake Forest opponents for three seasons. He had access to all the computers on campus. He had access to everything in the football offices, being the announcer and stuff. They let him have run of the place because they thought he was family. He had run of all of it. He had access to all the practices. He was drawing up all the plays and wrinkle plays. This isn't sign stealing, guys. This is playbook stealing. This is when your team is putting in new plays and new wrinkles that are not on film anywhere, stuff that another team can't possibly prepare for unless you draw it up. And this is week of, not like you saw them do it the week before. This is week of plays and wrinkles that are put in for the teams that week. Elrod was drawing them up all week long and handing them out to their opponents. Now, this is in the ACC Okay, during the 14, 15, and 16 season, guys. So we're talking about clemson national championships we're talking about coming off notre dame playing in the national championship game we're talking about when lamar jackson was there at louisville and they were one of the main culprits to get all those plays they were one of the main culprits this is where the story broke was at louisville and this was when lamar was a senior they were number six in the nation they were undefeated they were trying to make a run at winning a national title now let me just digress and stop for a minute here when this all blew up at louisville Did the commissioner of the ACC come forward and decide, well, I'm going to suspend all the other schools. I'm going to suspend our Heisman candidate. going to win Heisman Trophy, Lamar Jackson. I'm going to suspend him. I'm going to suspend Louisville from playing. I'm going to suspend Clemson. No, he didn't do any of that because it's ignorant. Be ignorant to do any of that. But if you remember during this story, Wake Forest goes to Louisville to play a game. Like I just told you, number six, Louisville, undefeated, big game. During the pregame, some of the staff from Wake Forest finds a binder on the sideline that had obviously been left behind the day before by Louisville practicing on their own field. They start flipping through it, and they start seeing all their new wrinkled secret plays, if you will, for that week against Louisville. They're in here and drawn up. They're blown away. They get together in a huddle in the locker room, and they go, what is this, how did they get this, and what's going on? They don't know where it's coming from. They got a major leak, and it's minutes to game time. You remember this story now, don't you? So Clawson decides to test it during the game. He's got this uh, double tight end pass where it's going to be the backup tight end's going to be in the game on the backside. Just to explain it to you quickly. They're going to get some play action going the other way and set something up for the main tight end, but then they're going to throw back across the field to this backup tight end, something you'd have no idea about. And you wouldn't even be looking at the second blocking tight end on this play. They decide, let's run this thing and see what, co- what happens. Well, They run the play, and on the play, everybody from Louisville runs over and covers this guy that nobody even knows his name. And they're like, yeah, yeah, they have our playbook. They've got all the plays right now, and they know what's going on. They got them dead to rights. But at the time, they can't figure out who or where it's coming from. So long story short, a giant investigation starts. They give it some due process. That's crazy, but they give it some due process. And they start going through the computers, and then they find out through computers and emails and everything that it's this L-Rod. And then they find out all the teams in the league he was giving playbooks to, reaching out to guys he had played with before, coached with before that were at other schools in the conference and not in the conference. He was giving it all to them. They had him all, all dead to rights. So this is not speculation. And this is not a situation where, well, you, you can't tie it to a coach. He's giving it to coaches on the other staff, and they know what they're receiving. This isn't a situation like Michigan where it's like Harbaugh had no idea what Stallion's dumbass was doing. This is a situation where all the coaches on these other teams, Louisville and Clemson and Notre Dame, all competing for national titles at the time and Heisman trophies at the time, they've got coaches on those staffs dead to rights taking this information. Let me tell you what happened, guys. The ACC commissioner didn't step in to do anything, and the NCAA did nothing. Nothing. Nothing was done about any of this. No fast track. No turning it over to special committees. No, we're going to get this done and get people banned within a game or two. None of that happened. You know why? Because Wake Forest ain't a big story, guys. You better realize we live in a day and age where clickbait and media drives. And when you've got a little something like this on a school like Michigan that every other school is doing as well, you got people that are involved in media that are driving the storm for ratings and it's nothing. It's nothing, guys. It's not even drizzling and they're telling you the sky's falling and it's hailing and it gets worse about the Wake Forest story, guys. It gets worse because it wasn't like a, it will, well, it's after the fact. We found out that's all water under the bridge. What can we do about it now? And you can vacate wins, all the stuff they're talking to do in Michigan, but they didn't even talk about any of that. It gets worse. Claussen goes to a coaching convention in, in like 2017 and bumps into a guy that he knows through his other coaching background at another major university, another coach, And this coach says, yeah, man, that story was crazy. He said, I reported it to the NCAA in 2014 in your first season. He said, when you were there in your first season, I got some weird phone call from some weird dude that told me he could give me the whole playbook for this week. He could give me all of the wrinkles and plays and signals, everything that you had changed for this week. And he was going to give this all to me. He said, I called the NCAA immediately and said, Hey, I don't know who this goofball was that just tried to call me, but he said he had this, 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 and this. You might want to look into it. He's over on campus at Wake Forest. Guess what the NCAA did with that information, guys? Nothing. They did nothing. No investigation. Didn't look into it. Did nothing. And for the next three seasons, Wake Forest got their ass beat every single week because every other team knew every single wrinkle and every play they were gonna do. That's not Stein stealing. That's not they knew the signals of the play they were gonna run. They knew exactly what wrinkles were coming and when they were doing them. This is a this is worse on so many levels, and nothing happened for three seasons. So there you have it with what the NCAA and this witch hunt is whipping up against Michigan. A lot of the nonsense that is tied to this by guys like Fine Print and whoever else wants to stay ignorant things about Harbaugh couldn't win, so we had to start cheating. I mean, you look at this guy's track record, he's won everywhere he's been. The guy's been to the damn Super Bowl. Everywhere he coached, those teams went right to the top of their conferences. This guy's done nothing but win everywhere he went. And the situation was so bad when he got to Michigan that it took him a long time to turn it around. And COVID really killed it. They were bad during that point. But guys, in this day and age in college football, you're going to tell me the only way a school with the pedigree of Michigan could turn things around in a matter of three years is to be stealing signals from the other sideline you sound like an idiot you sound like an idiot in this day and age with the nil being allowed they're giving money out to guys to go play wherever they want now biggest school biggest pedigrees getting guys the transfer portal Uh, look what michigan state did in tucker's first year they were no good brought in like 48 players on the and had a great season you can turn a team around through the portal and NIL immediately nowadays. So anybody that comes at me with these arguments of the only reason they were good because they were cheating and they were sign-stealing, you sound like an idiot and you and I can't talk. You don't know anything about football. It's stupid. This isn't even like the Wake Forest thing where they had the playbook. Like if somebody could show me, oh, a staffer from Ohio State leaked all the plays for that week and all the wrinkles and and different formations they threw in to run plays out of so that Michigan could recognize those formations on the field and stuff, that'd be different. You're telling me that the biggest difference and the only reason Michigan was winning Big Ten titles was because some assistant to the assistant sent third-party people in different states out to watch games and then report to him what the signals in those games were, and then he reported those signals back to Harbaugh, and then on the sideline, he was telling what the plays were by decoding the signals. You sound like an idiot if you believe any of that. If you know anything about football, just listen to the guys who have played that are on TV telling you right now, man, we're changing those things from week to week. You could have seen them the week before. They're different the next week. Sometimes they're different in the next quarter. I mean, sometimes they're different before halftime for sure. They're changing these things all the time. So to think somebody has those is some kind of giant advantage, you're ignorant. You don't know anything about football. And Kirby Smart was asked about this, and I thought he had a great statement about it. Kirby Smart says, Listen, man, I don't know anything about that. Sounds really, uh, I don't know, involved. I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, sounds really involved That go to a great extent to to try to get some information. You can get off some other film. But he said, I'll say another thing, man. Um, during the course of the game, like I'm trying as the head coach, I'm trying to manage the game. And sometimes I've got 25, 30 seconds. To make a decision based on down and distance, time on the clock, what the score is, what kind of look they're giving me and what I want to get into for a play, and to have somebody running up on the sideline and telling me, no, 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 I saw something. Do this, coach. Do this. To think that I would then take that guy's suggestion and do what he's telling me to do in that minute, no chance. I'm the head coach here. No chance. No chance. Like, that's just, you don't take information in in 10 seconds before something major happening in a game and just go with it. You you don't do that. So, yeah, Kirby Smart saying stuff like that, they're looking to try and three-peat this year. Guys, take off your team hats and put on your conference hats and stop being twisted up by sports media Because I'm telling you, sports media has quickly turned into nothing different than political media. Turn on whatever channel you want. You're going to hear what you want to hear. And they're going to tell you, your team's been cheated so you can get angry and scream at the TV. Stop listening to guys like Paul Fineprint. Stop listening to talking heads who are paid from conferences or teams to drive agendas, to drive clicks. And to get you all worked up with your panties in a bunch, man. Quit being fooled. Quit being tricked. Now, that being said, at the end of the day when this investigation's done, they're going to find out that Stallions was doing crazy shit that is breaking the rules. He clearly was. And the rules do state whether Harbaugh knew about it or not, coaches have to be held accountable for that. Otherwise... You're opening up a slippery slope to coaches just denying responsibility and sending their staffers out to break all kinds of rules. I understand that and I agree with that, but there hasn't been any due process here. We don't know the extent of any of this yet. So handing down punishment right now before any of that is done is irresponsible. It is irresponsible as hell to the conference, to the team, and to those kids. And when a guy like Paul Fineprint wants to compare it to corporate America and give you another little talking point, as he's whipped you up into being angry and say, if this was a corporation and this guy was under investigation, he'd be suspended immediately pending the, pending the events, investigation. That's how they would do it. So for, for the big 10 commissioner to do this, I don't see anything wrong with it. Let me tell you what's wrong with that cherry picked statement because I'll tell you this for sure in corporate America, if that guy from that corporation had a bunch of stuff that was getting ready to come out and that corporation was in the middle of a major acquisition or a major merger, you better bet your ass that story's going to get buried until that merger or acquisition is completed, and then all that stuff will come out and they'll suspend that guy. So when you got a team that is in the mix for a national title and you're in an arms race with the SEC to become the two biggest conferences in college football, and and quite frankly in the near future maybe break away from the NCAA even, or regardless, to become the two powerhouses of the NCAA, you don't do that. You don't suspend the coach and hurt the team pending an investigation before they close the deal the acquisition, the merger. So no, Paul Fineprint, you're wrong. I hope they get this injunction. I hope it passes on Thursday, Friday, whatever day they're supposed to be in court. I hope this judge rules. No, you don't have any precedent or grounds to come in and do this. There needs to be due process. I hope Harbaugh's let back on the sidelines. But from a betting standpoint, I'm gonna tell you guys this right now. Take Michigan laying the 18, 19 points I think the spread is this week against Maryland, because it's going to be scorched fucking earth in that game. This team right now, uh, they are out to prove it, and Teddy Bruschi said it well this week on Get Up. They asked him about the Spygate thing, about the Patriots cheating and recording plays and whatever they were accused of back then that they paid the price for. They asked him about that, and he instantly got so mad and said everybody thought that whatever that little story was that broke was the only reason we were winning Super Bowls, that was our whole motivation in that undefeated 17-0 season. Every single week when we were running it up on teams and blowing teams out, it was because of that, because everybody was saying, oh, you guys are cheaters. That's the only way you could win was to cheat. He said, and we just kept smashing people and running up at the score. And around the locker room, all we had to say was, do you see us now? Do you see us now? Oh, do you see us now? And Michigan is fired up. It's going to be scorched earth in Maryland. And if this thing keeps rolling forward, Ohio State is in some real trouble. Some real trouble this year. Because I think Michigan's going to roll in there and tell them, do you see us now? So you can disagree with me or don't on a lot of the stuff I said on this podcast today. But there's a lot of facts in there that you can't disagree with. Take off your team hats. Put on your conference hats. Put on your football players' hats. Guys that played college football, I mean, it's guys I see making posts that I played with. I can't believe you're making posts like this, man. You played. You know. You know that it's a little far fetched what they're saying, they're giving credit to on the sign stealing. It's not what you think it is, man. So disagree with me or don't on that and go blue. Because I'm pulling hard for these kids right now. I'm always pulling for the kids, man. As a coach, uh, as a former player, I'm always pulling for these kids. And what's happening to these kids right now is not fair. And I don't want to hear Stephen A. type points about what's not fair to the other kids that had to play where their signs were getting stolen. My ass. They were going to beat Michigan State 50 to nothing any damn way. And that's no disrespect to Michigan State. I like the program, man. Tucker, nutjob, whatever happened with him there, bad choice of words there saying nutjob. I understand. I heard it. I heard it. I shouldn't have said it that way. But I'm saying it has nothing to do with me not liking Michigan State or Ohio State. Like I said, I root for those teams. But right now, I do not like what they're trying to do to these kids, and they are rallying up, man. And I'm going to end it on that note. Woo, got me all worked up on this thing. NCAA hypocrites, the wakey leaks, all of it, man. It's ridiculous. Disagree with me or don't, because that's how it goes.